Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 37. And today we have a returning guest, Captain James Kelly. And we're going to talk about, well, we talked about a lot of different stuff, but talked about leadership, race in the fire service, just a whole host of things. Um, it was a really great conversation, a lot of great insight. Hope you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we did making it. So, with that, episode number 37, the Washdown Podcast with James Kelly. I don't know that I've ever fit a nap in the schedule allotment that the nap was. Oh, yeah. hell no. <laughs> and yeah. I, I mean, even to this day, like, I'll take a chair nap, but I can't go into my bunk and lay down. I just can't. It ruins my day. I, yeah. same thing. Yeah. I, I, can, I, I sleep yeah. on the couch. Yeah. I just can't yeah, go. I right. can't go and get under the cover. I what I call it an undercover nap. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'll go I mean, lay in a chair on the couch. I will say that I I do go to my bunk and take a nap at my station yeah. just because there's shenanigans. Yeah. If you take a nap in the day room, you are doing so at your own risk. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And because yeah, you I have mean, time because you're on a truck. Well, yeah. That's hey, that's sounds, the perks. Don't sounds, don't hate the player. I was going to say it sounds like somebody's a little jealous. Yeah, I'm just, that's know, what it sounds like. The only so. the only time I'll ever see a truck is when I watch it leave. Uh, yep. Or when I'm leaving and watch it stay. Is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs> blessing in disguise. The boom. <laughs> so, but no, I agree totally with what you're saying because, like, I will lay down and take a nap, yeah. and like two three hours later, I get and I feel worse yeah. than I yeah. did whenever yeah. I laid down. I just feel like I can, I can watch TV. I can relax, but I'm not. I can't close my eyes and go to sleep. Now, if I if I'm laying down and relaxing, and I happen to fall asleep, then I feel decent when I wake yeah. up. Yeah. Like yesterday, I fell asleep. Finally, fell asleep on the couch at like five o'clock. Yeah. Oh. Well, wife woke me up at seven to eat. Yeah. And I didn't. I could if I if she left me alone, I slept all night. Oh yeah. yeah. I was that tired yesterday, yeah. all day. Yeah. Well. Welcome back to the show, James. Woo! Thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. In our new Uh-oh. studio. What? I don't know what was recording, what wasn't. That's okay. You uh, guys all have. the inappropriate stuff that would get you fired, it wasn't recorded. But I have it on my phone. So, yeah. so I'm going to need you to do some things. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to fire me. We all know it. it may involve a prison wallet. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right or die. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Come on. How do you like the new studio? It's awesome, man. I put a lot of time into it. I like the, the drapes. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was Jeremy. Everything else I did, though. Oh, I like that, too. I and like he did the ceiling. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even going to oh. talk about this time. <laughs> <laughs> we made the jokes already. Okay. Now he's over beating a dead horse. But you weren't here, so they're like new jokes. They're, they're, yeah, no, they're, they're not looks great. new jokes. It looks good. They're just as shitty as they were the first time. Good thing I didn't make so. them. This is <laughs> if he was making the jokes, they wouldn't be shitty. Uh, They'd be hilarious. They probably still wouldn't be hilarious. My wife tells me I'm not funny. Because so. she's jealous. Because mm-hmm. your wife's an honest I woman. No, I, you know, I think they're, they're communists. My wife doesn't laugh at my jokes either. And they're hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Communists. I married a yeah. communist. <laughs> My wife's red-haired. <laughs> <laughs> Transparent skin. <laughs> She's Stalin Jr. <laughs> <laughs> She's the epitome of a communist. 
I'll make sure you edit that part out. Dude, she don't watch the show. <laughs> yeah. My wife yeah. would probably be like, did you just call me a communist? It was a joke. Yeah. I'm not laughing. That's not See, funny. See, it was taken out of context. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, no, I clearly heard you say yeah. my wife is Those a- motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep fake, baby. It's a deep fake. That is not me. Does that sound like me? We, I was talking about fire taxes. Right. That, that, that man sounds white. That ain't I me. I said communication, and they put in communists, so no. Yeah. It's <laughs> a fancy editing. Right. <laughs> You can't see my my mouth is right behind the microphone, so you can't see what I'm saying. That's why I always face like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And you had to chew in. What's wrong with you? I'm a communist, and you had to chew in. Nope, it's bubble gum. Big league. America. 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 Fine, I chew to put up with your communist ass. Yeah. You happy? Yeah. <laughs> we need an American flag yeah. and some guns. Yeah. And... Don't tread on me. Yeah. That flag too. <laughs> pew pew. <laughs> what does we need to do? Like everybody come in, and that's the first thing we do. We all put our guns on the table. Like, all right, we're safe. Yeah. Ooh, we need to start. Mm, one bet- of those, somebody, I've seen the people that come on the show. Some don't understand the whole booger hook and bang stick <laughs> thing. <laughs> we need to start signing the wall. That's what we ought to do. Ooh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Hey, let's have a vote. I think we should sign the wall. You're not writing on we, the wall. Oh, Hands look. Up. My house, my rules. I knew I knew that. My house, my rules. It took me two days to do that. Okay. And that's how we're going to commemorate everybody coming on the show. We're going to sign I it. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So, three to one. It Thank probably you. only would have took me about four hours if I'd had a Sawzall. But <laughs> it took me a day and a half to pry all the pallets <laughs> apart. <laughs> Man, my thighs are sore. I <laughs> 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 just snapped over the half. I'm surprised he wasn't over there Judy chopping them. <laughs> hey. I got, I got me some throwing stars. I got, I got my star. Don't worry. <laughs> Diamond Dave, school of ninja. <laughs> Just don't go ninja. Anybody don't, don't need ninja. Ninja on me now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the other James behind the camera, America. Mr. Moran. America. You had some questions. We might as well just dive right dive in. in. I forgot. No, you didn't forget. No, I got. Don't I, be scared. No, I swear to God, I got busy talking about the signatures on the boards. And then happened. I really pictured you like all in your feelings, like these assholes never talk to me. Can't like chopping wood on your own to take out your frustration. <laughs> Wait, Shoot. did I have eighties music playing with a training montage while I was doing that? No, you had some Louisiana backwoods bullshit playing. So Zydeco music then? Yeah. Sweet. Oh, see what Get you can do that. is you can put put the thin red line flag back there, paint it on there, and just have people sign in that. Ooh, what about we, for the cops, though? Ah, fuck them. They yeah, can sign it. <laughs> they don't want to, <laughs> to be fired. Yeah, they don't want to be fired. They don't want to be fired. They just couldn't cut it. I mean, we'll, you know. we'll put their signatures behind the drapes. Behind yeah. the, <laughs> hey, buddy, go back there and sign your name. <laughs> yeah. Where? Pull those drapes back. <laughs> be a little bitty. There's a little thing on that storage three, yeah. shelf right there. It's a postcard. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's all filled out. Well, I guess you got to flip it over. Sign the back. <laughs> where, where, where are you mailing to? The families you've it's killed, assholes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, that, that's half our viewership. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, Blue Team. We'll take Love care you. of James later. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a very cop thing to say of you. <laughs> it's all prison rough. rules on it. Prison rules, prison wallets. Hey, yeah. Where's your shank? In my prison <laughs> wallet. Right here. 
Wait, we're not having weapons on the podcast. Put that away. Although the sound uh, carries very get us banned on YouTube yeah. for sure. Maybe you should be on a better platform. Name Thank- another platform. Yeah. Uh, Was it Parlor? Was it the one? <laughs> <laughs> that guy shut down, buddy. Uh, OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans would work. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to need yeah. new content now. Boom. Yeah. Here it is. What? Yeah, they're they're you can't be nude and stuff on there anymore. Yeah, they're shutting it down. Isn't that like ninety nine point nine 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 carrying over percent of what uh-huh. OnlyFans does? Yeah. But yep. on the plus side, all our waitresses come back. <sighs> yeah, I saw that meme too. It wasn't funny when I read it. And in True. some case, nursing staff improves. <laughs> <laughs> that I bought. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Gotta go back to work. <laughs> hey, it wasn't just ladies on there. <laughs> Look at my prison wallet. I, I know somebody who's got an OnlyFans. www.sexualchocolate.com. <laughs> Sexual chocolate! Oh, good lord. We're not going down that rabbit hole. But yeah, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Why? Nope. I'm Watching those movies directly affects yep. your mental health. I'm kicking the ladder over. We're going back down. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> What's yes. new with you, man? How you been? Good, man. Just uh, starting to try to wrap my mind around preparing for this next promotional exam in April. Um, starting to read some stuff. Uh, You're gonna take it, huh? Yeah, I, I. You know, the reality of it is, is I, I have to take it, Chief, uh, just because the opportunity that's before me. Um, if I look at the demographic of management throughout the industry uh, there's not a lot of blacks at the top um, and if I have an opportunity to make it to the top why not take that opportunity um, am I ready no um, I have I'll have 18 years on in January I think that's still too young I'm not ready to to go to that next level but I I owe it to my family number one because that's why I work to support them and to make things better for them and if I have an opportunity to make more money which would be a better life for them then why not but at the same time um, I don't think I'm ready I'd rather get that to that point when I'm about 20 22 years on I can do the next four to five years and then ride off into the sunset but but I will take it what I hear though is you're you're preparing for a challenge yeah you're yeah. not saying how can I make this easy you're saying what can I do to better myself yeah yeah, and, and, and better myself. And, and then I think what we all have to do is we have to look at ways to make our job, our craft better. You know, how can I bring people up to where I'm at? I think if I make it, or I'm sorry, not if, when I make it to that level, I do myself and my community and those that I work with, I do them a disservice if I don't try to bring them up with me. You know, and that's why... You know, the guys that I work with, I always make myself available. If you want to talk about, you know, what it is to be a company officer, let's talk about it. If you want to talk about what it is to be uh, a chief for that day when I work out of class, let's talk about it. You know, and I think that's where we have gotten away from our traditions is we, we allow the older guys to leave without getting the knowledge first before that person leaves. And then we're stuck trying to figure out, well, how did they do it? So I think as we get to those next levels in your career, it's important to look back at the individuals that are 
behind you and say, okay, I need you to come up to this level. Here's how we get there. And I think that's what, that's, what's missing is that, you know, training, whether it be the practical side of it or the, the informational side, I think that's where we're lacking in this industry is that we don't share the information readily. And I think that's, that's, that's a downside to me. When it comes to testing. Yeah. When it comes to testing and and, and not, not only testing, but just doing your job, period. You know, you think about companies that are busier and those companies don't always go out and train. Well, you still have new guys and young guys, but the, th- the thought process is we're going to have a fire sooner than another company that's not busy. So we're going to get that opportunity to work the reps in. But you still need to get those guys ready for that opportunity that's going to come sooner rather than later. And I think that's where slower companies are a little bit more advantageous for younger guys. But at the same time, if you start looking at job-wide, some of these busier spots are becoming younger and younger. So you still have to make sure that those young guys are equipped to handle the workload that's coming before them. I think that's where we're kind of missing out in, in, our, in our job. Do you, well, so, and what's interesting is I think not only equipped skill knowledge, yeah. but mentally. Absolutely. Especially mentally, yeah. You, you know, this... You aren't staying up partying like you did in college. You're staying up working. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge difference. I mean, you got to – you think about when the bells go off. I mean, you go from zero to 1,000 in a matter of seconds. And you got to be able to think, you know, where's this call at? You know, if you're driving that day, I got to know from my station what's the most efficient way to get there, which way are other companies coming from, you know, what type of house could this be? You know, all those types of things. I didn't ever look at building construction when I was a firefighter until another firefighter who was more senior than me was like, every time we go on an EMS call, look at the layout of the house. I'm like, that's stupid for what? He goes, well, when we have a fire there or in that neighborhood, you now know where the mm-hmm. stairs are. See, and that makes the point that I was going to make a second ago about why, do you, why would you think that it is a good idea to okay yeah we're going to get more fire and we'll just teach them at the fire okay well you're teaching them in a life and death situation right potentially right don't fuck this up yeah (laughs) yeah why not do what there are some organizations that are very successful in training their people Mm -hmm. and they do the crawl walk run method yeah they teach you at a slow pace then Mm -hmm. they ramp it up and then it's full speed yeah why are we going okay hey that's on fire you go in there yeah you could die figure it out yeah that's Let's asinine put the wet to me. stuff on the red stuff. That's yeah. all you got to do. Yeah. Well, that's not it, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even in those those areas mm-hmm. where you are busier, mm-hmm. it's even more important, especially whenever you have young guys, yeah. to train them up. Absolutely. Because consequences are immediate. Life and death, yeah. So, yeah, yeah that you, was just my point. James, I'm curious. You brought up – you discussed, you know – just with our department specifically, but like the, the demographics, especially of race and upper management, Mm -hmm. what's your goal? Not just, it's one thing to have a black man, have an Hispanic man. It's one thing to look good. Mm -hmm. How do you plan to use that to grow the department? Uh, So for me, and this may just be my own thought process, but for me, it is important for someone that looks like me, beautiful to you know (laughs) but it's important for you know 
a young black female or male to see someone that looks like them in a leadership capacity. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that person is going to be a fireman or a firefighter, but it just shows that, you know, the stigma that is around the African-American community is that, you know, everyone is a laborer or that, you know, you can only do a certain skill set. But I think if I can be the bridge that shows, hey, you can actually become a leader. You don't have to be a firefighter, but maybe you want to be a nurse or a doctor or you want to own your own business. You can do that. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I see in going to the next level is that I am giving someone now a glimpse of what they can be, what they can do in their life. And not necessarily Yes, in the fire department too, because there are you know young blacks on the on on our in our career that um, need to see that. But I think from a bigger or a broader perspective is that we have to show that you don't just have to take what you're given. You can take those lemons that you've been dealt, and you can make lemonade out of it. You can become as successful as you want to. Whether you are maybe you're a mechanic and you want to own your own shop, well, you can do that. You can be successful, but I think you have to have a picture. You have to see someone that looks like you being successful in order for you to get that motivation. Well, you know what? If he can do it, why can't I? How do you di- how do you differentiate between look what I've done as a black man versus look what I've done as a man and I happen to be black? <sighs> That's tough. Um, I-, I think for myself – uh, I always try to set my goals super, super high. You know, my grandfather always say, um, you know, shoot for the stars, aim for the stars, and if you fall short, at least you're – or aim for the moon, and if you fall short, at least you're amongst the stars. And so um, I always try to set the goal or the bar as high as I can possibly set it. Does it mean I'm going to always reach it? No, but it means if I give it my – if I give it my all, I still – I'm disappointed I didn't make it to where I wanted to make it. But if I've become a better person in that process, then I think that's the end game for me is just to become better than I was when I started that process. And I think for me, that is the biggest thing is just to make myself better and then to leave the job better than what I found it. Not that the job is in dire straits, but I think we have to, we have to stop looking at it from a selfish point of view and start seeing how, as a person, as a man, how can I make this thing better than it was when I first got here? Absolutely. Yeah. And then having the perspective of going, like you said, you know, yeah, I'm going to shoot for the stars or the moon or whatever. Whenever you get to wherever you're getting, being able to look back and go, okay, well, I didn't make it quite here, Yeah. but I had all of these successes along the way and I'm this much further along. Yeah. Okay. So now it's time to go again. And, you know, I, I think for me, um, I, I'm an open book to anybody. I, and I, the, the guys that I work with, I, I make myself readily available to anyone. But I think it goes back to what I was talking about, you know, seeing someone that looks like you that's in that position. I sometimes find it disheartening that, you know, I don't always get the young black firefighter that comes to me for the information. You know, it's someone that doesn't look like me that says, hey, can you help me out? Absolutely. I'm not going to say, well, you're not black. I'm not going to help you out. If you come to me and seek knowledge, I'm going to help you out. But I think sometimes it's disheartening to me that 
I'm not a wealth of knowledge, but I have enough knowledge to help you to get to where I am. And nobody takes advantage of that. I don't think there's enough. There aren't that many blacks that take advantage of what they see before them. I think we, when I, when I say we, uh, the black community, I think sometimes we become complacent and that we don't take advantage of what's in, in front of us. And, and, and I tell them, use me. Use me up, man. If you, if you need help with something, whatever I got, I'm going to give it up to you. And if I can't help you with that, I'll help you find the answer. And I've always said that to anybody that I help, man. I may not know all the answers, but I promise you this, I'll help you get to that answer. And I think that's, to me, sometimes that's disheartening to see that, you know, my people don't come and seek the knowledge from me. When I was, when I was taking my exam, uh, preparing, I talked to everybody. I went and talked. I got information from guys that were retired, that are on the job, from different departments. I talked to everybody. I wanted to know as much as I could about this broad subject that they're trying to test you over. I wanted to know it all. Did I know it all? No, but I knew enough to get myself in a position to be prepared for the exam now it's going to be placed before me. And I think that's what you got to do. You got to get something from everybody. But I think sometimes for me, I find disheartening that I'm a black man in this position that you should be trying to get to, but you won't come to me. And, and, and maybe it's wrong of me, but I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to say, hey, man, you want to know this? Come to me. And, I, and I, I tell anybody, you know, the young guys that come on, hey, whatever you want to know about this job, I'll help you out. Do I know it all? Nope. But if I don't know it, I'll help you get the answer. So why do you think they don't? I think for the most part, I know for me, especially being young on the job, um, and you guys know this too, this job uh, could be very intimidating. And I don't think it's anything specific to any department. I think it's just the nature of what we do. Um, it is so intense that we kind of focus on what we're doing at that time or what, we're, what, what our niche is in that department, and you get focused in on that and you, you put your blinders up. Instead of you looking at the broad picture, you're kind of looking at this narrow picture. And that's good to a certain extent, but once you get to a certain point in your career, the blinders should go from here to here. I think as you grow in your years of service, you should start broadening, broadening that perspective so that you can see the bigger picture. You know, as a, as a young firefighter, yeah, you're focusing on, I got to do this. James, I've noticed something too. We 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 as African Americans as a race are really bad about is we put our race first in regards to things. Yeah, you know, and people like you and I that we don't. We are firefighter. We are men. Mm -hmm. You're you're a husband. You're a father. We are firefighters. We are many things before we're black. Correct. And by not identifying ourselves by our race first with that, it the younger generation that are taught to see that that way. Don't come to us for those things. Yeah. You know, don't come to you for those things because he's, he's not one of us. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, and, I, and, and it's sad, but I, I, I have been told that, you know, I, I'm different, which is okay. I'm, I'm great with being different. But, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, um, I am always conscious and aware of, you know, what I am. I can't change what I am. I am a black man, but um, 
I'm always conscious of. Well, let me say that I, I'm conscious of who I am. I'm a black man, but what I am is ever changing. You know, I, I can't change who I am. I'm, I'm, I was born black. I'm going to be black until the day they put me in the ground. But um, I mean, I there, can, are, there are surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Sosa is not black but, anymore. <laughs> that's true. That's true. His credit um, score still didn't go up. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, what we are kind of defines, defines our life. And I, I pride myself on constantly evolving what I am, you know, and, and, and I try to make myself conscious of that on a daily basis. You know, it, it always bothers me when people throw race ahead of everything else. And, and, and yes, we should be conscious of race, but I don't think that should be the end all be all. Well, to me, I don't get it because it's it's something you can't change. Like you said, correct. You're you're going to be a size thirteen shoe till the yeah. day you die too. Yeah. And we don't say, hey, that's a size thirteen shoe firefighter. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's a trait that ain't going anywhere. Yeah. We can't we can't be more or less. Yeah. So why don't we work on the things that we can yeah. define us that we can improve? And and you know, my my experiences as a firefighter. Um, I mean, there were situations where, you know, I was on calls and, you know, I've been called out of my name and, and I'm sure that, you know, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it's necessarily a black and white thing. I think there are some, uh, some, some white guys on the job that have been called out of their name too. But I think what we have to do is we have to become more, we have to develop a, a thicker skin. Um, I, I don't, I don't begrudge someone for, you know, their faults. I still, at the end of the day, I look at it as I got a job to do. You know, you, you, you call 911 when you're at your worst, you've tried to mitigate the situation yourself. You couldn't do it. You dial 911. You need some help. You got me, you know, whether you like someone that looks like me or not, I'm here to help you. You either want my help or you don't. And we ran a call, and this was many years ago, where, you know, a guy was like, nope, you can't come in the house. All right, no problem. I won't <laughs> come in. Either. And, you know, the guys go in, they start doing their thing, and they got codes. They need somebody to ride with them. I raise my hand. I'm going. Get the guy back. He wakes up. He looks like, the hell are you doing here? I just helped you. I saved you. And the look on his face was priceless. Price of like, I don't care what you called me. I said, you could, you dial 911 because you needed help. I'm here to help you. Now, I could have been that guy was like, yeah, I'm not going to help him, you know, screw him. I, I, I've never been one to, to hold on to racial issues and negate or forget about what my primary goal and my responsibility is, and that's to, to help. You know, I think that's why we all became firefighters, that we, we have something innate in it within us that says, I want to help. And regardless of what that situation turns out to be, you're there to do a job. So, I don't know. I just think sometimes we, we're a little too thin-skinned. We take things to heart too much. And um, I think that's just a – that's not just a – a fire department. I think that's life in general. I think we are we're too thin skinned. You know, everything is uh, politically know, you, correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 
Well, and I think, you know, I, I agree with you with the whole, we need to have a thicker skin and yeah. we're there to be professional yeah. and all that stuff. I wonder how much of some of the, we'll just call it lack of professionalism mm-hmm. is due to burnout and things like that. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's a contributing factor. Do sure. I think it's, but I think it's just a factor. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of guys that forget why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Come, when come, you get constantly berated every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most it, of the calls you go on, you reach a breaking point. You're like, I'm done. Yeah. And one person gets the brunt of it. Yeah. And just because you wear a uniform and you're in public service doesn't mean you're a punching bag. Yeah. And this goes across the board. I don't care if you're a cop, a firefighter, or EMS, nurses, doctors, yep. corporations. And for whatever reason, the people up top forgot what it was like to be down at the bottom. Mm. And like, nope, you got to take it. You got to take it. No, I don't. Because you don't take it. No comment. Well, pass. Said, it goes. Pass. This goes across <laughs> the board. This is everyone. Yeah. Because then we all do it. Because I, I, I know for a fact that I've watched you do it. And I've done it. We forgot where we came from as firefighters, and mm-hmm. we berated young ones because they didn't know because we forgot where we came from and what we had to learn to get to where we are. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a flaw that every person in this world has. I, I'm interested. And it doesn't change. James, I'm no. interested. Well, you have to constantly – sorry. No, I'm just going to jump in real quick. Yeah. You have to constantly remind yourself and be – that's where the self-awareness part comes in. Yeah. Of you got to be humbled. Yeah. So every once in a while, all of us need to be knocked down a peg or two. Sure. Yeah. Well, and it, would and it be doesn't benef- happen anymore because nobody wants to talk up well, to the people that are above them. It would be beneficial if you humbled yourself. That's yeah, ideal. And, and, Instead and, of having to get bitch slapped and going, hey, you're being a dickhead. But sometimes because you don't always recognize it. Right. We've all done it. But but I think I think too it goes back to, you know, being that young firefighter and you had those blinders on. You gotta look at the standpoint of, you know, not just on this job, but upper management. Their vision has gone from here to now here. So for them, it's a numbers game. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't care, but their bottom line is different than our bottom line. You know, their bottom line is numbers. I have to make sure that this thing is running as proficient as it can. I don't really care how it gets there, but I needed to get there. And so they're looking at the broader picture, whereas we're looking at a more narrow vision, our narrow picture, and we see only 50 to 75%. They got to look at the whole 100% picture and so their vision is going to be di- – it's, it's no different than when you're a firefighter and you're going into a fire, all you see is there's the red stuff, I'm going in. Versus when you become a captain, you say, okay, I see the red stuff, but now I've got to look at the full 360 of the structure and i got to look at, you know, are there bars on the door? You know, are there cars in the front yard? You know, what time of day is it? They're thinking of more than just – Take this hose line through the front door, put it out. They're looking at a bigger picture. So as you get to that position of management, your your perspective is now broadened. So now you have more things that are on your plate. So you have to be more conscious of those things. And, and again, the, the end game is always going to be the same. But how you get there from the top versus the bottom man is totally different. So, I mean, I, I, I don't begrudge, you know, management – 
for what they do. And I think it's, I think the system is designed that way. I think that, you know, if we are fortunate enough to all make it there and, and, and you'll see, uh, Jeremy, um, once you get to the next level, you'll see how your perspective goes from narrow to now broader. And you, and you see it now too, when you ride out, you go from looking at this to this, whether it's a house fire, an EMS call, a car wreck, you're looking at this where your guys are looking at this. Okay. I got the patient right here. I'm focused on him. You're looking at the patient. You're looking at the house, what's in the house, who's in the house. How do I get these resources to my guys to make this patient better? So your perspective is a lot broader than what those guys are looking at. So I don't begrudge them. And I don't think that you're wrong. I just think that we have to have a better understanding both ways from the top to the bottom, the bottom to the top. We have to have a better perspective of what it is that their job or their duties are and be a little bit more understanding of what it is that, that we're trying to do. And at the end of the day, we still have one common goal, but how we get to that common goal is going to be totally different. I'm curious. I do know that when you poke a hole in a hose on a car, duct tape won't fix it. <laughs> I, uh, it won't run right. I'm curious now that you know you have you have made that transition. I, I still say fairly recently from yeah. firefighter to leader to captain. And this truly, it we see it in our job a lot, but this is almost a, a nationwide issue in mm-hmm. fire and EMS. Fire departments are running more and more EMS. Call volumes are up. It ain't your daddy's fire department. Correct. How do you, as a leader, how are you making that transition from, I didn't do what I'm asking those below me to do, but how do I still maintain the respect and the knowledge in order to appropriately lead them? For me, and this is just my leadership style, I lead from the front. You know, I'm never going to ask, you know, someone to do something that I'm not going to do myself. Um, The best way to to, to teach somebody is to show them. And whether that is through training or actually getting on an ambulance, that's what you have to do. I think a lot of times you're correct. We don't – when you look at the trend of fire services from – let's just go – 20 years ago the the bottom line is is that um newer guys coming on will never run the amount of fire that those older guys ran you know when when i first came on you know guys are running three and four house call house fires a day you know i'll never see the amount of fire that those guys uh saw but i think the trend of ems it is a, I can't say global, but it is definitely a nationwide trend where we are running more it's EMS global. calls versus uh, fire calls. And I think that's where this career is going. We, we are now EMS departments that run fire. And I think once we broaden our horizon, broaden our perspective, we understand that, I think the better will be for that. But for me, in order for me to to maintain my integrity and to be able to to teach my guys the proper way to do it is I have to be coachable or teachable myself, but then I have to take that perspective of I'm not going to tell you to do it. I'm going to show you. If there's a time that I need to get on the ambulance to give you guys some relief, I'm going to do it. Now, again, especially when we look at our uh, department, 
the majority of firefighters will never let a captain get on the ambulance. But if you take that leadership and say, you know what, I've seen over the last week how you guys have been inundated with calls. You've gotten little time to have a hot meal, you know, take a load off your feet. Let me do this for you. Let me show you that I'm in this with you. And I think I think that's where the disconnect kind of comes from is that you do have that old school captain that says, you know what, I didn't come on the job when this was a part of the department. This is new. This is for you guys to handle. You guys figure it out. Well, we can't do that. You figure it out type of leadership anymore. You have to be the guy that jumps in there and actually shows the next generation how it's supposed to be done because the sad part about it is if you keep on with that trend of I didn't come on the job to do this, then the next generation, once they ascend to that rank of captain or leader, now they're going to do the same thing to that young guy. Well, you know what? I did my 10 or 15 years on the box. I'm done. And that's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle, but in order for us to break it, you have to lead from the front. And I think that's where that is, I, I know from our department, that's kind of the, the biggest gripe that I have is that we have a lot of guys at the top that will tell you what to do, especially when it comes to ambulance, but they won't show you. They won't show you the right way to do it. They'll tell you, do this, you guys figure it out, versus I'm going to show you how it's done. And that's not a, it's not a, a, a look at me type deal, but it is, it is one of those things. You, you have to be an effective leader. In order for you to be an effective leader, you've got to be able to throw yourself in the trenches with your guys, not just on one particular call, not just on how we got a fire, I'm going to take the line in. No. If there is a CPR code in progress, what's wrong with the captain getting down there and doing CPR? Nothing. Nothing at all. But that mentality now in our job is, well, you know what? I've done that before. That's for you guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. That brings me back to the whole, this is a team sport. Correct. You know, and everybody's got a job to do. Correct. So... Correct. And, I, and, and and to me, that doesn't – it's not a – I don't think that's a black or white issue. That is – we are all – at the end of the day, irregardless of rank, we're all firefighters. We all came on this job to do one specific thing, and that's to help. And if you are able to lead in the front from the front, why not do it? Just imagine the, the, the amount of respect that you get as a company officer from your guys. Like, wow, you know what, this guy's got – 20 plus years on and here he is driving the ambulance for 12 hours or for the whole shift. This guy's got 20 plus years on and here he is on his hands and knees doing CPR. Wow. I mean, I think that's how you change the the mentality and the dynamic and the respect factor on this job is that you throw yourself into all calls, not just the calls that are cool. And everybody knows, man, that fire's cool. Look at me. Look at my gear. Man, that's great. I don't care if I ever go in a house fire again and I get the, and I get the nozzle. The only way that that firefighter is going to learn how to be a better firefighter is taking that line through the front door and fighting that fire. I can tell him all day long, well, you should do this, do that. But if they never get any practical experience, I'm doing them a disservice. So the, as a captain, I don't have a crew, but when I am on a crew, I tell my guys, if you're comfortable with a line, it's yours. I'll be right there behind you telling you what to do if you ask me telling you what I see and we're going to go we're going to go handle our business but I think the old school train of thought is my company my nozzle that's not 
necessarily wrong, especially if you got a young crew. But the only way that that crew is going to get seasoned is if you allow them the opportunity to make a mistake, learn from the mistake, and get better. I think that old school thought of my crew, my nozzles, kind of gone mostly to the wayside. Yeah, there hasn't mm-hmm. been too many crews I've worked with that the captain's taken it anymore. Yeah, well, and my, even if I get right out, I don't. It's you. Yeah. I got it. I'll, I'll be person, behind you. My my perspective is the same. It's how are they going to learn if yeah. they don't do it, and especially with having the nozzle. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to be right there next to Absolutely. them. Absolutely, as you should be. Yeah, because be. that's my job. It's a brand it's, new guy. Yeah. yeah, that's my job as the company officer is to be there. To show him what he's missing mm-hmm. and to make sure that he stays safe. Yeah. I, I, I When I was newly promoted, uh, we had a bad extrication, and I had been on a truck company for years, and I had a pretty seasoned crew. We had a bad extrication, and I knew enough what I needed to do, but I empowered my crew at that time, like, hey, you guys know what to do. You tell me what you need. I'll make it happen. I didn't go out and say, you give me that tool, I'm going to cut this, I'm going to pop this. No, hey, if you got it, go for it. Tell me what you need. Mm-hmm. I need this. I got you. Tell me how I can help you. Hey, if you can go do this, I got you. No problem. I'm here to empower you to make you better at your job because in, in the end, as the leader, all of their expertise and, and you know their job well done and their attaboys, it reflects back on you. They're not going to go to that firefighter and go, hey, man, you did a great job. They're going to go, hey, Cap, your crew was awesome. They did a wonderful job. Thanks. And what I do, man, you know what the chief just said? <laughs> said, you guys rocked it. Yep. For real? Now their confidence is up. Now their morale is up. The next time we get a call, they're ready to do something else. Like, all right, what do I got? Let's go to work. I think that's, that's, that's the way you empower and you make and train great leaders is that you give them the opportunity to 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 do we give them and i think i think as a leader you have to empower those people that are under you to be successful you got to give them that power and i think that's what a good leader does yeah you set your people up for success absolutely like you said their success or failure it reflects directly back on you absolutely all day long so i mean that that's the whole kind of like extreme ownership thing that jocko talks about is yeah, ultimately, as the leader, regardless of the result, it falls on you. It falls on you. Because either you failed to prepare your people correctly, yeah. you know, or you did. Yeah. I mean, you can equate that to, you know, raising a family, to, to being a CEO, to, to running your own business. If I give you the tools and I empower you to be successful, we're going to – it's a win-win. We all look good. You're 100% correct. Sweet. That- I look good every day. I don't care. Yeah, you look damn good. <laughs> damn good. Yeah. I'm dead sexy. Mm. You don't have to kiss his ass. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he does. Because I make him look good at the station. Oh, right? yeah. Well, by comparison. I mean, And, and you know, the, the, the reality Different of levels. it is, is yeah, even as a captain, you know, there, there's times we're doing things around the station and, you know, guys be like, oh, man, you shouldn't be washing dishes. I'm like... Man, that's not a – to me, chores and stuff like that, that's not a, a rank-specific thing. I mean, if, 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 if there's something that needs to be done around the station, I'm not going to go like, hey, you, firefighter, go do that. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go do it. Now, if you see me doing it and you want to come help, by all means, let's go. I'm good. 
But yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you, hey man, go clean the toilets. No, I, if if it's my bathroom, I'm gonna clean it. I'm not gonna tell you, man, go clean my toilet. No, I'm I, I'm I'm I more able. Like a, it's like it's like a relationship, right? If it's like, hey, you make your decisions best for you, and I make my decisions best for me, it's not it's not much of a relationship. Yeah. If I make my decisions and the best choices of you and yeah. you make your decisions the best choices of me, yeah. all of a sudden it, it works pretty well. And that's what I've noticed about, you know, captains, it's kind of the same thing. If the captain makes his decisions in the best interest of the crew and the crew makes their decisions in the best interest of the captain, all of a sudden it's a pretty functional team. Very much so. I agree. And that, and that could be for anything. If, you know, if, if the If the line workers make their decisions in the best leaders of management and management vice versa – that yep. sounds like a pretty fun place to work to me. I, you know, I, I I say I run my house, but I my my my, <laughs> you don't my, run your house. <laughs> my 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 perspective in my house is is if if you see something that needs to be done, do it. I shouldn't have to tell my son, "Hey, the dishes need to be done." You see, there's dishes in the sink. That means, oh, I need to go do it. If I see something that needs to be done at the station on the scene, there are times when you may have to give an order to go do something but if if I'm available why not just go do it because again now you're looking at your your guys are looking at you like wow you know what he didn't bark an order he just went and did it hey how can I help you oh hey grab that help me do this no yeah. problem so but how do you deal with and I know you've been a DSO so you haven't really had your own crew mm-hmm. like as a permanent yeah. spot how do you deal with the they see you over there doing something they're like oh he's got it uh, yeah, honestly, I, I feel attacked. I I, I don't. Um, you feel it, and 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 maybe it's because I am so new, or even from a leadership standpoint, I'm still so young in my career. I still feel like there is there is no task too small that I cannot do. I mean, because if you think about it, on a call, whether it's you know car wreck, fire, EM, whatever it is, there. are there are certain things that just need to be done. And, right. and, and my assumption would be that if I've empowered you and I've told you what my expectations are, you're going to be doing those things. So if I look to the left or the right and I see something that hasn't been done, but you're off on another task, why not go do it? Why not just take care of it? Why not just handle it versus saying, hey, you, stop doing that. Go do that. I got it. No problem. Yeah. And I think well, that's the, the biggest. The angle of my question was more of, they're not doing anything. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now of, uh, and, and you're doing everything, and they're just kind of they get to the point of expecting you to just yeah. You I, know, I, I oh, Cap's got the dishes, or he's going to mop the floor. Yeah, you know, I think again, it it, it is, <laughs> it's kind of that that old school mentality that we were brought in under is that. You know, you try to, for lack of better terminology, you try to shame someone into doing it. Like if I see, if I see uh, a senior captain, or if I see a chief doing something, I'm going to do my best to mosey my way over there to right. take it from them, or I'm going to do it, do it for them. But mm-hmm. and you know, we we do we bust chops a lot. Like, oh, don't worry about it, I got it. And I, I think you 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 start that. Again, for lack of better terminology, you shame them. But then once the task is completed, I try to follow up with the, hey, you know, you probably should have went over there and done that. You know, if you see a chief or see somebody over there that probably 
not they shouldn't be doing it, but it's something that you probably should have been doing. Yeah, man, you know, you probably should have went out there. For example, washing the rig. You see your driver out there washing the rig, and you're sitting in there watching TV or on your phone. I mean, you probably should have went out there and helped them. That's just a suggestion, but after a while, that suggestion becomes, hey, get up. We're going to wash the rig. Yeah. Yeah. I wash the rig. Don't look at me. I wash your rig. I was just, I was just, I was just look at me that at, way. I was just looking at just you because I don't like doing dishes That's all or cleaning toilets. I just like to look at a good Still man every do that now and stuff. again. But now if I see him doing it, I'm like, nah, he can do it. And and that's my. That, if I see the chief doing it, I'm like, finally you're doing something. That's you know. And, and Jeez, it is. man. I, I I will go out and and there are times when I am out there and they've been busy all morning. And I will go out and I'll start washing the buggy. I don't expect them to come out. I'm like, it's my rig. I got it. Now, there's guys that come out like, hey, can I help you? Nope, I got it. And I'll tell them, no, seriously, put it down. I am probably in a deep thought process. This is helping me to think through some things. Don't worry about it. Now, if you come out and you ask me, do you need some help? (coughs) Yeah, sure, you can help. But there are some times where this is my way of, decompressing or maybe my way of thinking through some things. I need this time, this 20, 30 minutes to myself and I'm going to help myself get better. Just leave me alone for a little bit. Yep. I used to do that. Oh yeah. I'd wash the rig, but I'd wait till he was taking a nap Yeah, and do it and then talk shit. I mean, you know, (laughs) that's the only reason you did it was so you could throw shit balls. I mean, it's a good thing. Usually I was in a bad mood for whatever reason. Yeah. And I'd wash it in the afternoon during nap time. But it it was it was a way for you to work through some stuff. Yeah, you know, and I think I think just that, a bonus you could talk shit to your yeah. to your friend. I mean, that's just that's kind of, <laughs> and I think again it goes to you know mental health and mental awareness. You have to be aware of what's going on in you internally. If I if I just need to get out and be by myself, I'll go out and I'll I'll start cleaning something. Hey, you may need some help. I got it. You sure? Trust me. If I need your help, I say yeah. Come on, help me out. But if I'm doing it, just leave me alone. I'm I'm doing something to to get myself in a better frame of mind so that I can complete the day and not snap. So yeah, I think well, again it just goes to you know being on the job long enough and and being aware of your own shortcomings and 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 things that you have to work through and and realizing that right now I'm probably not in the best mental space. So let me get myself where I need to be, this is my time to myself to decompress. Yep. Well, and I think that, unfortunately, the sad truth is that, and I don't want to throw numbers out or say a lot of people, but it seems like a lot of people aren't that self-aware. Yeah, you know, and I, and I, don't, I don't like to throw shade to uh, against the younger generation, but I think it is a generational thing. I think that, you know, there's a certain age group where we are – more self-sufficient, self-aware of certain things. And some of, not all, but some of the, the younger generation, they need, they need a, a, a push, a subtle bump. You know, I think we were brought in or we came into this industry where, you know, you just did things. And um, I think now you've gotten a trend and it's not just in our industry, but I think you now have to, you have to spell things out now. You have to spell out, 
okay, we're checking the rig now, or hey, we're done checking the rig, we're gonna wash the rig now. You have to spell it out. You knew when you first came on what the routine of the day was. And that, that routine sometimes today is sometimes muddy because there's so much other stuff that goes on in the morning. Calls. Those, yeah, calls. Those things get, they get looked over. But you know it because you've, you're used to that routine. So if you see that, hey, it's 11 o'clock and we haven't done this, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Where that newer guy might be like, well, we haven't done that. Well, I guess we're not going to do it today. You know, I, as a qualified representative of the youth, the, the, youth, the two youths. I, I don't know if I, you're right. I think it's a little bit of a bump, but I also think it's a purpose because for, for a long time, it's like, Hey, we're doing this. Why? We just do it. Yeah. Well, fuck you. Tell yeah. me why. Yeah. I'm not saying I won't do it. I just want to know why we're doing it. Yeah. And, and I think, especially in our job as quick as choices have to be made, mm-hmm. I don't have time to tell you why we're Correct. doing it. I need you to shut up, do it. Yep. We can talk about it afterwards. Yeah. But a lot of us are like, no, yeah. tell me that. And I it mean, just... I, I know where I worked prior to promoting, we washed the rig every night after dinner. The rig could have been spotless, but that was just our routine. And then the next shift, they did it every morning. We just washed it not even 12 hours ago. Clean ass rig. And they're coming in and they're doing it all over. And I'm like, you know, you could look at them and be like, wow, man, they, they think we're a piece of shit. No, this is just... This is their routine. This is a part of their day. This is how they get their day going. This is an order that they follow. It's not disrespecting, but this is what they do. So if you teach the newer generation the routine or the ways of that company or the ways of that department, then it's not so much, it's less ambiguous. There's nothing left to, to say. You, you just know. But I think a lot of the newer generation, you're right. They, they need a why. Why am I doing this? We just do it. Remember the old list we used to have on the on the wall or the board? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> every day had every day. Mo- yeah. Monday was the um, every day had an assignment. Correct. Yep. Tuesday was Windows. Windows. Dude, we talked about this at the station the other day, and we <laughs> yeah. could not. None of us, for the life of us, could remember what day was. Compar- no, it was this day. No, yeah. no. We know that Saturday is yard day and Sunday is bay floor day because we yeah. still do those. And, and Friday's, we Friday's, Friday's, Friday's kitchen. kitchen. Friday's Friday's kitchen. kitchen. So those three days those stayed the same. Stayed the same, but every other day yeah. has just kind of yeah. fallen off. Tuesdays was Windows. Uh, I'm pretty sure Monday was yeah, Monday was compartment. We compartment day. We still have it hanging. You raised, yes, raised See? the cab. Yeah, you but you did your, you raised the cab. You did compartments. You checked all your fluids. Yep. Mm-hmm. All that you pulled it out yep. and you cleaned out the the uh, compartments mm-hmm. i don't remember wednesday and thursday yeah i don't either wasn't uh, one of them ladders i swore one i want to say wednesday was ladders well, wednesday could have been ladders might have been okay i'll give you i'll give you yeah but i remember there was a ladder day so that was probably wednesday ladder slash hose just, day yeah, it just goes to tr- traditions okay. some traditions just don't stick you know you know every every sunday is is italian you know saturday is mexican and it just those things stuck and i don't know if that was just the more popular things but you know i, I think again you ask any new guy that and they're like oh yeah i know sunday is pasta day you know i know saturday is mexican day but then you ask them hey what day do we do this and like, i don't know we don't do that i i am curious with just with some of the older traditions and just for especially the fire services is a nationwide thing if it's hard to keep them with, not as an excuse, but if we sit down and look at it, if if with red numbers, you know, yeah, you know, I don't know how many times we'll start cleaning in the morning. Oh yeah, 
We don't finish. Yeah. We don't get it finished. Yeah. At least or, on the ambulance, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Or you start doing dishes and you're, you're one plate in. Yeah. Now you're gone. Yeah. And, and that, you might be gone for an hour. You know, we, we there's been times where, you know, in, in our house where the pumper and the ambulance is gone. It's right after dinner and they were in the process of washing dishes. I get up and I go do it. Man, you didn't have to do that. Well, why wouldn't I do that? There's a task that needed to be done. You were gone. Why? Don't you? <laughs> you know I do. You know I do. No, he doesn't. But um, I've seen you do it, Jim. Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's just, again, it goes well, back to. I have to, to redo the dishes when I get back. It goes, it gets, goes back to one <laughs> of those. Does a shift good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You just do a good enough C shift. But no, it, it's, it goes to the, just goes back to. If you see a task that needs to be done, just do it. You know, it doesn't, regardless of, of rank or, or position, if there's something that needs to be done, just do it. Especially if it's something that you know needs to be done. Just do it. Well, and I think it's, you know, and we talk about run volume and how much it's increased mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And I think it's, you know, it's about time that we started stepping up and doing those little type of things, yeah. you know, yeah. because it's, Oh yeah, you're a captain. You don't have to do dishes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a captain who's a DSO and both of my companies have been hammered all day long and now they're gone again. Why am I going to sit here and not, you know, do the dishes or Correct. they're leaving and dinner's almost ready. Somebody's got to step in and take over every single time. Like, you know, so when, when our cook is, or whoever's cooking is cooking and the bells go off and they get a run First thing I do, hey, what you need me to do? What do I need to do? Hey, these are in. Check them in about 10 minutes. Take them out. No problem. Hey, can you put these on the grill? No problem. I got it. You know, it, it is. It's, it's, it definitely is different uh, in that res- regards. Uh, run volume is through the roof. I don't think there's, there's not a such thing anymore, at least within our department. There's not a such thing as a slow company. You have slower, but – Runs happen, you know, north, south, east, west. I mean, it, some more frequent than others, but, yeah, you're right. I mean. They're always ill-timed. There's, there's all, yeah, yeah. There's nothing that's ever perfect. I mean, just think it's, about it's sitting down. Hard to, hard to think about the time we get a night in anymore. Think about, you oh, know, man. you sitting there and you just want to watch the football game and boom, bells oh. go off and you come back and you got to watch the first – kickoff and you come back while it's halftime don't even get me started yeah. <laughs> i've been trying to watch a little league world series for a week and i've gotten like four innings yeah that's yeah. it yeah it just it's it is, i mean you i miss a good baseball i yeah i know <laughs> i keep seeing the box scores and the face. highlights yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of new hitters yeah I, Dad, I actually one did kid get that's, to watch that. He's, I don't know. He's like one hit the whole. 12. Yeah, he can't be 12. This kid is throwing heat. I mean, yeah. he's throwing oh, nasty stuff. Oh, kid from stuff. South Dakota? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. throwing like, what, 78 miles an nasty. hour? Nasty. Dude, that about slider? Nasty. That slider from, I mean, and he's left-handed, and he's throwing that. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a major league pitch. He looks mm-hmm. like he's six foot seven. I don't yeah. think I could hit him. Yeah, I couldn't. No, he's throwing some stuff that starts high and goes. Yeah. Wow. Well, it just. Yeah, right across, the, yeah. and it's like, and these kids. I mean, whenever they played, because they played Louisiana, mm-hmm. I think Louisiana had a total of like five foul balls. <laughs> That's the only time they got the ball on yeah. the bat. Yeah, I you, mean, you know what I've noticed watching the Little World Series here in the last couple of weeks? A lot of these kids are doing it. They're stepping in the bucket. Mm. I've watched it. Like step straight, man. Yeah, just, I, I, they I, take that step back, and all of a sudden their reach is gone. Yeah, but it also affects their height. Yeah, 
So I don't know if they're yeah. scared of the ball or because it's moving so much. I mean, I, I don't know what the deal is. I, I, hitting is down this year. Hitting is sure. down, and I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, it, it. You can look at it from any any industry or whatever. You start looking at the little kids are. Think of, let's think about the evolution of basketball. Um, you know, it used to be a big man was always in the paint. You had a small point guard. You had a couple of wing guys who were great shooters. And that was it. But now you got guys that are seven foot, you know, that are killing it from the three-point line. Nobody goes in the paint anymore. A no. true big man in the NBA or in college basketball is rare. So I think when you start looking at Little League baseball – they're watching these pros and they're watching all the different nuances that they go through in their batting routines and how they they got a crazy first step and I think they're trying to mimic those things so TV and media has played a huge part in all of it and everybody wants to be the next you know Michael Jordan or the next Mike Trout or and here's my argument against that the one college team that's very fundamentally sound and always awesome who's that I can't stand them Tennessee? No. Who? Up in the Northeast. Uh, North Gonzaga. Oh, man. Yeah. That's the Northwest, buddy. That's the East. I'm at West. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Northwest. Yeah. But think about it. They are always fundamentally sound. They got a big guy who can shoot. Yeah. But he's always in the paint every and, year. And and, and, and I and think, yeah. It's fundamentals. They do it the right way. Yeah. And they're always successful. Yeah. I mean, they might not win. They haven't won a title. But they're there. But they're there. They're, they're in always the in the hunt. They're always year. in the talk. Yep. yep. And just fun so fundamentally sound yep. that they're almost impossible to beat and i think that's how some of these you know these mid-major teams are able to make it to the tournaments because they are fundamentally sound and if you get a fundamentally sound team up against a non-traditional team nine times out of ten they're, they're going to give them a run for their money yeah you get it down to the last two minutes it's anybody's game and your fundamentals kick in yeah. they're, not, they're not looking for the highlight yeah if they get looking, one, great. Hey, that's awesome. Looking for a bucket. Looking for a win. Yeah. Yep. Being able to shoot free throws. Yeah. Oh, yep. Fundamentals. Ugh. Yeah. Man. Which good, we good can passes. apply that to the fire department, too. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole training thing. Yep. What's yep. the fundamentals of moving yep. a hose line? What's the fundamentals of yep. cutting a hole in the roof? Yep. Basics. Yeah. That's true. That's great. That's a great analogy. Great analogy. Yep. Great. So. Throw a ladder. <laughs> Multiple ladders. Throw what was it? Ladders. Who said that, Bub? Bub. Know your shit. Throw a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you heard that because oh, he was man. there for your academy. Yeah. <laughs> throw ladders. Throw ladders. Yeah. James, what would you tell current? If you could sum up something for our current, you know, current leaders and future leaders in public service in general, what would you, based off your experience already, what would you tell them? Just be more. Um, be more aware of your surroundings. Um, be more, be, let me see. Okay, Grandma, don't, don't beat me up. <laughs> it's be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I think that's the biggest problem is everybody wants to rebuttal what you say. And I think the problem is that we don't always want to listen. We always want to say, well, this is what we should do. Okay, let me hear your perspective. Let me listen to what you have to say. Let me think about what you just said. Now let me give you a rebuttal. But I think anymore we are quick to speak and we're slow to listen. We don't want to listen to what 
you know, for lack of better terminology, what the muckers have to say. You know, let's listen to what the upper brass is saying, and I don't care what you're saying at the bottom. And, and I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that if we can just listen to what the next person has to say, formulate a logical response, I think we'd be so much further ahead, but I, we, we, don't, we don't do that. You know, we, we barely listen to what they say, and then before it's done, we're firing off a response. But you didn't have a chance to process it. You think you know what they're saying. You think you understand where they're going. But you didn't get a chance to process it because you're so ready to shoot it down or to give your own opinion. You've missed everything that they said. You may have been, you may have gotten 10% of it, but you missed a 90%, which was their most important portion. You missed all that because you were just ready. Once they said, you know, ambulance deployment you're like done here's what we're going to do and it's like whoa you didn't even hear me out but i know what you're going to say do you really if we can listen better formulate our responses and then say something logical and and try to get to the bottom of it we'd be so much further ahead and i mean we've been we've been through this dog and pony show with you know current deployments for 10 plus years now and we're still in my opinion, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we're any better for it than we were when we first started. It's a little bit better. I shouldn't say not any better, but we're we're only a small fraction of where we could be. But I think it's because everyone is quick to respond. Nobody wants to listen. I uh, we're obviously with the pandemic. We've been in for what twenty years now. It seems like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've noticed in, in our areas that we're really are really taking the hit. It's our it's our public service. Mm-hmm. And where are your younger people in your public service? They're on the front lines. They yeah. are your frontline ER nurses. They're usually your ambulance staff. They're yeah. your young officers on the street. Yeah, they are taking the brunt of this. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. It's you know every generation kind of has their claim, but this is all politics, all beliefs about it aside. It it, it is kind of killing us as a system of public service sure how do you with your younger guys whether you're even you're in charge of a company for a day on overtime or with the younger guys in your station what are you how are you getting your younger generation through this to still be effective and still have passion well i i think more than anything we we have to we have to keep the humanistic side to it we have to realize and understand that at the end of the day we're all human. We all have our own personal opinions about what's going on. Um, but we have to make sure that we still show uh, emotional support and care for the next man up. Um, I think what has happened is, is that, you know, you have an older generation who believes a certain mindset and it doesn't always line up with what the younger generation what their mindset is. I think that we have to realize and understand that at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all have flaws. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to make sure that everyone is emotionally equipped to make it through that shift. And I think that's where we are. We're losing people is that we we're turning people into robots. Just run the call. Just do it. And we don't look at the, emotional side of it till it's too late you know till that person is burnout or that person has 
you know, contracted the virus and now this person is sick or on a ventilator or whatever the case may be. And now we want to show the emotion. But, you know, prior to that, if you give this an ounce of prevention, an ounce of care, I mean, I think we would be better. You know, I always make sure when I come in, do you guys need anything out of the COVID locker? Why? I just want to make sure you're protected. You know, we're running calls left and right. We run into all these houses. We don't know. A lot of these patients don't know that they have the virus. But we run in willy-nilly, and some, some of the younger guys will, because of burnout, they may forget that mask. And I'm like, keep a mask in your pocket. I'm in the buggy. I got masks ready. I see a guy come out, don't have a mask. Here, put this on. I don't need that. Yeah, you do. You need that. Uh, I've been vaccinated. Well, that's fine, but it doesn't mean that you can't get it. So I think we still have to keep that humanistic side, that emotional side intact and in check because if we don't, we try to activate and it's too late. You know, that person is already far gone. Now we want to send them to this program to help. And, and, and those are Band-Aids. You know, it, it, if we can help to prevent that person from going down that rabbit hole, why not do that? You know, prevention, you know, we all go to a doctor. We should go to doctors to get all our preventive care done, you know, once a year. But you have to look at the job the same way. You know, I can help prevent you from jumping in the fire too soon or too abruptly. We're always going to be at a higher risk because of what we do. But if I can help you to be more prepared or better prepared, then that's what we need to do. And I think that's that would be you know, the first step, just making sure that we keep everybody emotionally checked as far as, you know, staying mentally ready for this job. Because I think, yes, this is a physical job, but it's like anything else. I think like sports, you know, they say sports are, you know, 15% physical, 85% mental. And I think that this job is a mental drag. And I think that a lot of this younger generation, we're, we're training robots, just go run the call, just go do it. And I think we need to start checking, checking our emotions at the door and making sure that everybody is emotionally equipped to handle the day, not just run the call, be quiet. Well, that goes back to the point that you made earlier about being proactive. Yeah. Predictable is preventable. Yeah. I mean, we have past precedents. Mm -hmm. We know what happens. Yeah. If we don't take these steps, yeah. why aren't we taking these steps? Correct. I mean, and, I mean, we've. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's a, a, a nationwide deal. I mean, we get supplies weekly. I mean, tons of stuff. So, if I can hand you out a, 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 a you know, a pack of masks a day, I'm gonna do it. I send out a text every morning. Hey, who needs something? We make the rounds. You need those? We'll drop them off. Just make sure that you got the guys are ready. You know, and I think to me. And I don't know how other uh, departments or other shifts run, but I know my guys are more in tune or apt to come to me and say, hey, I need this. Can you do this for me? I got it. No problem. I want to make sure that I, I give you everything you need to be successful for that day. And, and that's just the way that I approach it. I think that's part of the, the individuals that I worked for. They always made sure that I had everything I needed, and I think that that was something that I wanted to – bring forward when I promoted was to make sure that everything that my guys need, they got it. 
You know, I, yeah, I don't have a crew, but I have a district. And it's not my district, but I'm an aide in the district, and I want to make sure that, that district is prepared. And I try to give guys heads ups and, and, and just just to make sure that they got what they need. And I think that's that goes a long way. And I think that is – I can hang my hat on that and say that, you know what, my guys know that I have their back, and if they need something, I'll get a phone call in the middle of the night. Hey, can you do this? I'm asleep, but, yep, I got it. I'll have it waiting for you. That's just a part of a part of, of, of being in this role and making sure that, you know, if I tell you I got something for you, I want to make sure that I damn sure have it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to do it, and then you'd be like, so you're going to do that. Oh, man, I forgot. I'm going to do it. So, Well, that's part of that whole, you know, the relationships you you form. Yeah. And setting your district up for success. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah and it, like I said, it's 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 not always easy, but man, it's a challenge that I I've accepted, and and it's been great. You know, I've been there for I don't know, almost two years now, and I I enjoy it. No, maybe a eighteen months. So I jo- I enjoy it. Well, I think you're doing a great job, James. <sighs> you're gonna make me blush. <laughs> we wouldn't see it. <laughs> ah! Oh, <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> He's right. He's true. Well, I do yeah. turn red, though. It's the Indian in me. Oh, wait. can't say that. It's the Native American in me. Because <laughs> when we played golf the other day, you pull out the sunscreen. Oh, man. And the one guy we're with, why, why do you need sunscreen? <laughs> it's a young guy. He's yeah. a young guy. No. Like, I, know exactly. no. I know who you were golfing with. Uh, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> look at him I just like, kind of looked at him like, really? Seriously? All right, buddy. He's, Here, you take some, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, I let him learn. <laughs> he needs a big floppy hat so his yeah. brain doesn't burn. <laughs> now this is—I mean, this is great. I, He's just I, naive, man. Yeah, yeah, good dude. But some of the questions he asked, I'm like, what? Yeah, I just appreciate you guys doing what you're doing, um, putting putting words to everything that we go through in our industry, in our career, in our craft. Um, keep doing it, man. I think it's a great great tool that you're putting out there i hope that people are listening and subscribing and and taking to heart and and you know putting some of this to action you know i think it's it's only words until people put those words into action so i think that you know my hat goes off to you guys keep doing what you're doing keep rocking out i think it's going to grow i hope it grows i appreciate it these guys just keep chugging you're going to get the naysayers but Pay them no attention. Keep doing what you're doing because you're putting a voice to what it is that we do. And I think people, especially John Q. Public, has no idea what we what we endure. They they get all the the negative press that goes out because that's what sells. But I think once you put again the humanistic or the emotional side, put it out there for people to see. You know what we go through on a daily basis, then people get a better perspective of what it is to be in the position that we are. You know, and I, and I I appreciate that. Thank you. So, yeah, that's the goal, you know. You guys are doing it, man. Raise awareness and that's it. let everybody know. So. Keep doing it, man. I, and I think you should have my spot. <laughs> dibs. I'll come back whenever. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't offered to you. No, dibs, oh, on, dib, dibs on the idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll you come back. You can't have dibs on the idea. No, that was my idea. That's what yeah. I said it. Fine. Wait. Uh, Say it again. Say it again. Say it shut again. Shut up. I second it. Uh, Stop talking. <laughs> yeah. All in favor for Kelly having my spot? Aye. No. <laughs> Just one vote. I There's two. I seconded it. So yeah, he's still got a vote. Okay, fine. Hi. Jeez. 
It's like he's never been to a union meeting before. I, I will come back whenever you whenever. <laughs> Do you, you even guys... know where the union hall is? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I've slept through more union meetings than you ever attended. I'll come back whenever. I enjoy it. This is, like I said, this is good content. I appreciate it. Keep doing it. Well, we Somebody's listening. We appreciate that you've come on twice now yeah. and you're willing to come back again. I want to do a trifecta. Trifecta? Well, hat trick. Trifecta. He'd be the first one to be on three times. Yep. Let's do it. We'll make, we'll make it happen. Oh, man. Don't you threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Brother, thank you for coming out. Anytime, anytime. Thanks for having me again. Thank you. Um, Just like we end every episode, um, you know, thanks for stopping by. And if you're having a problem, reach out. The resources are out there. If you know somebody that's having a problem, talk to them. Make them aware of what resources are out there. So take care of yourself. Here, here.